This podcast is brought to you by OnTrack Studio. Hello and welcome to the Stillness Everyday Podcast. My name is Herodotos and this podcast exists to help you find stillness in all aspects of your life, in finance, in health, in mindset and in your relationships. I created this business because I believe that if you can develop the ability to find stillness in your mind, you will learn to create harmony in all aspects of your life. Find us at Stillness Every Day on social media or stillnesseveryday.com. A lot of people ask me how they can get started with meditating. Now, my first experience with meditation was at a Vipassana retreat, which is 10 days in silence. But I understand this isn't practical for most people. That's why we created the Stillness Everyday Journal. This journal has a range of prompts, which allow you to not only create your day, but reflect on your day at the end of it. The journal also has a range of audible meditations, which are perfect for beginners. Check out stillnesseveryday.com. Welcome back to the Stillness Everyday podcast. Uh, Today I've got Alicia, my lovely partner, on and we're going to talk about relationship. We're going to touch on past relationships, talk on our current situation. We've got a couple questions from the audience that they want answered on our opinions on it. And yeah, we're just going to flow, see what happens. So welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me. All right. Should we start with the first question, which was your opinion on polyamory or monogamous relationships Mm -hmm. where do you stand on polygamy at the end of the day this is very much our opinion and our relationship and you can do with this information what you would like I have quite a few friends who are polyamorous I personally feel that I think especially when it comes to marriage if that's the way you want to go with your relationship. I don't know if, can you have polyamorous marriage? I believe you probably could. Yes. Mm. I think there's probably like a, there's probably like the wife and then the man has a side chick. There's that type. Then there's Mm. the multiple relationships, I guess. And then there's swingers. So I guess this is like, we have to ask why it's happening. It's hard. Like I feel like devotion to one person is a very special thing. And if, your partner is supporting you physically, emotionally, financially, every in every realm, that there shouldn't be a need to look elsewhere for another partner because I believe that is something that you should look for your partner to and communicate with them if they're not meeting you somewhere rather than just then looking for that in somebody else. Mm. Mm. Uh, that is probably what I would – I would agree that – the number one reason that I've heard people want to follow a polygamous relationship is because they don't believe that one person can provide everything for them. Mm. I would say that I've been in the past where I've been in relationships which they're, you know, like maybe the sex has been great or you work well together, but then when you're living together, you, you know, you don't get along or you want a different, you know, you want to raise your children differently Mm. or you want to, you know, move countries or your directions are different to where you're actually heading. I'd say that you need full alignment if you want to commit to a monogamous relationship Mm -hmm. before probably going into it. I feel like you can build on things. I feel like intimate connection can be built on. Like you can Mm. learn to love that person's body and you can learn to, you know, make love with them how they like it. Mm. But you need to be rooted in the same kind of spiritual values and the same worldview because Mm. if you know you believed so strongly as just a you know poor analogy in 
say a vegan diet and you just really hated people who ate meat and I on the other hand only wanted to eat meat mm. what are our kids going to do they're going to get confused when your worldviews mm. um pushing that plants are the way and yeah I'm pushing that there's meat it's then going to ripple on and affect the children so the children the children's mind will directly develop from the parents who are programming or what yeah. lack of a better word into well, no, the children. That's, yeah that's exactly no, I agree. And I feel like in past relationships, I've had like, yep, all these elements are great and we can just like sweep the really core foundational things under the carpet. Like, is marriage something you want? Like, is kids something you want? If so, how many? Would you be open to homeschooling? Like, all these different things that we unpacked so early so that it was like, okay, like all of our core foundational values are the same then if you're thinking about children and I see this now in people that aren't married or had a child and then the parents views are so different I'm like that child is going to be so confused as to like if the mum just feeds them absolute garbage and then the father's like okay no like let's eat healthy and if you don't have it and this goes across everything in life if you don't stand for something then you'll just fall for anything Mm. so if you have a child that is brought up with so many conflicting arguments Mm. they're not going to actually be rooted in anything Mm -hmm. so although you want them to be able to think for themselves you also want them to have a foundation of truth that they kind of follow that they've that their virtues and moral standard has been ingrained in them when they were young and it wasn't you know when i'm with mom i can do this and when i'm with dad i can do this it's like you know yeah that it's sound and I think that those things are so important to have as core beliefs, but then I will have a different role as mother that you will have as father. So like those things are important to be separate, like as I'm like the nurturer and you're the, you bring the discipline, but not in terms of, yeah, those, yeah, diet and lifestyle and. Which is seen i see it so often where there's not an integrated polarity between the man and the female where the woman stands by the man on his decision and will allow and she will allow the discipline to to happen from the man and then and vice versa like you've Mm -hmm. got to stand together otherwise your children know like we all know that oh mum lets me get away with this and Mm -hmm. when dad's not around i'll do that yeah but if it's like when you're not when dad's not around and you go I'm going to tell your dad and you're going to get in trouble for this, Mm. then they won't fucking do it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think on as well, talking about the father figure in a child's life and how that impacts either how a girl will then grow to who she'll be attracted to in a male and what qualities she innately looks for, because that is like your father is the first per- like the first man that you'll ever look to or look up to and whether you like it or not unless you're extremely conscious of wanting to break that and find something that wasn't what your father figure was for females they are just going to attract how their father treated their mother or how they operated the family and same with boys if like they need that strong father figure who is going to set an example to then how they treat women and how they will run a family unit. Mm, I agree. And I think one of the most important things we can realise is we attract where we're at. So Mm. it's not our partner's... You know, we all are so quick to blame our partners for, you know, what they're doing or what they've done to us, blah, blah, blah. But when you actually... 
internally reflect on that and why that triggers you or why that's happening you realize it's all coming from you and then you can start to look back at like alicia said how your parents brought you up so if you're attracting let's give the example weak men and then you look at your mother and she was very strong and independent and your dad was weak and your mum kind of stood over him all the time and there was no discipline from your father because your mum just always yelled at him and he didn't have a spot he didn't have that dominant stance in the family and then you look at your partner and go am I doing that the same thing did I learn from my mother to you know wear the pants in the relationship and go out and provide because I had a a weak man that couldn't provide for me or couldn't didn't feel comfortable protecting me Mm -hmm. and that cycle will just keep continuing until someone decides to break it so you need to always be looking at your situation and where you were programmed from because we are all getting programmed and I think most of your programming happens up until you're seven years old. So Correct. what was your family life like when you were seven? I think something that we both do really well in our current relationship that I know I previously didn't do well in past relationships is understand that your partner is a direct mirror of you. If I was to, for example, get upset or triggered or any kind of emotion came up that Um, any kind of negative emotion that came up the first thing I do now is go inwards and I'm like okay what what's going on internally like why why has this come up for me and I can usually always link it to something that's going on with me rather than my partner and I feel like everyone's too quick to just deflect it to their partner and be like you're the problem that's why it's happening whereas I'd say 90% of the time I'll just go inwards and be like oh I know exactly what's going on it's because I'm feeling this way and like he said something completely unknowingly that brought up something that yeah I need to work on and that's what your partner is always going to do for you they're always going to bring stuff up for you unknowingly or knowingly to make you a better person but that's the way you need to take it is that this person is going to amplify and multiply everything that I'm feeling and I'm doing. So like you just need to be, yeah, so ready for that. And then if I'm like, oh, okay, no, this is um, something that I think we could work on together. You just need to communicate from a calm state with your partner because, and when you think about it, there's no way you're going to listen to your partner in a rational mind when they're yelling at you. Mm. Like if I have a problem, I'd want to come to you and be like, look, this is how I'm feeling. This is why I'm feeling. What's your awareness on it? I'd love your opinion. It's not, this is what you did wrong. This is what you need to fix. Yada, 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 all you, 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 and then move on. It's let's come together. And I think we need to do that so much more than like the first thing I see a lot of women do is the first thing like when they get irritated by their partner they'll shut them out and just like message their best friend and just talk absolute garbage about them it's like no you're in a relationship for a reason you need to talk about it with them like it's you and them against the world like you guys are together you're together to better yourself yeah like you if you use your partner as a agent for change then you mm. can constantly be growing because mm. it is the best way to grow having being faced constantly with your traumas really yeah um i th- i have heaps more to say on that but i feel like we deflected from the polygamous 
question. You did, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, my opinion on the polygamous relationship, I think, you know, I think it's gaining more popularity in society. But you know, traditionally, a polygamous relationship was because the man was able to provide for multiple wives, and if you are in a place of abundance, and let's take it back to king times when you are the king and you could uh, and you wanted to expand your basically your bloodline and your emperor you could have multiple kids coming at once because you could provide for 10 different wives so you could have 10 different kids per year as opposed to one with one partner Mm -hmm. and if you were capable of providing for all of them that woman surrendered to that because she wanted to be looked after and cared for and protected Mm -hmm. So I think this is also, without getting into it, maybe we will after, there's that argument for men who exercise their options when they're in a position of power. And I'm, I'm talking like you're a high-value man where you have abundant resources, and if that is what you want, then the woman would, as bad as it sounds, you would allow that other relationship to take place because they're in such a great spot where they know they're safe. Whereas the woman, it's like the woman was never the provider or the protector. So to, for her to go, oh, well, I want to you know, go sleep with someone else, well, it's like, well, what are you bringing to this? And I think that that all has changed because of you know, the strong independent move. We don't, need, we don't need no man anymore. So it's like, well, I can do what a man can do. But then the, the repercussions for a promiscuous woman is far worse than a man doing the same thing. So I, I wonder on the, the effects of the woman in that situation, if she had two husbands as opposed to if the man had two girlfriends. Mm. But I think ultimately, even in those situations, I mean, even the situations of a high-value man where, the, where they say that you, they will have side chicks, it's always, there's my wife who I look after and the other ones, I'm just, they're just, it's just, you know exercise more or less it's not like no mean there's no meaning into it for them you know what i mean but that segue again from the question i think that polygamous relationships now are more favorable because we're in a state where in a society where everyone wants things now so if your partner isn't um providing for you sexually but you have such a great time you're really good friends which to me i'm really good friends with my partner tells me they are weak and they're more like a female and they're not providing that masculine masculinity for you so you're best friends because you're actually dating a chick and she's one of your friends so you want to go and sleep with someone else i think that the the quick fix to we don't have good sex is i'm going to go look for it elsewhere but everything else is fine here so why don't you know i stay in a relationship with you but then i just go fuck him because we want things now we want solutions we don't actually work through why is that why aren't we why don't we have good sex is it because you're completely in your masculine and I also am and there's no polarity here. Mm. So it all comes down to working within, integrating into your own, you know, your own energies and, you know, working together with your partner. On the back of that, another question was, do we believe in um, the perfect relationship, the one that you would spend the rest of your life with, the one that ticks every single box for you? What do you think about that? I do. And I wonder if that is more of a feminine thing to believe that i think i've always believed in the one um but i don't feel like i fully felt that i had that until i was with you because i think in all of my previous relationships i felt that i was with more emasculine men and that came very much from my upbringing and 
I was always very masculine, was the financial, emotional and physical support and therefore attracted more feminine males. But then I found you and was like, I think the first few months of our relationship was just so intense and so in my face. It was like I didn't know that this was a possibility or like I just I don't think there's enough men like you in society today who are willing to kind of step into that more traditional role of the masculine where it's like I'm here to support you financially emotionally and physically and therefore you can surrender into your feminine and be vulnerable and show your emotion and not have to make millions and millions and millions of dollars a year. Um, And if you want to then have children and be the homemaker and the housewife, then that's okay. And I, I never felt like that was okay and definitely didn't feel that in my upbringing. I grew up around women who were always in like boss positions and um, were the ones that told their husbands what to do and, um, yeah, were the primary breadwinners and that's just then what I attracted. I don't feel like women know that there's an option. I didn't until I met you. I thought I'd be the breadwinner, that I'd be the one working if my husband wanted to be like a stay-at-home dad and like I just don't think there's enough talk about it or education that women don't have to hold all this masculinity because they're not the men out there today are so disappointing but what if okay so here's a counter here's a counter to that because like you've saying there's not many men like me and that men are disappointing out there but also like i said before it takes the polarity to attract that Mm. so i feel like there's a degree of you stepping into your feminine to allow that energy to come in and vice Mm. versa yeah um because you're attracting where you're at and if you're you know trying to do all those things like i i guess there's you know if you are a boss babe and you want to have a family and you want to actually step into your feminine and you don't want to be this masculine like kind of ceo or business owner and make millions i think you can't search for something that you're not um, energetically putting out there Mm. because you're energetically repulsing that man Mm. because that that couldn't like a man in his kind of in his divine masculine isn't going to be energetically magnetically pulled towards a female in his, in their masculine so we have to again go within what are we attracting what are we like what are we embodying because you only attract in what you're putting out yeah. so you have to be the magnet mm. to attract it back to you mm. yeah and i think last year was the first year where like i just had I've never been alone more than I ever had. Like I moved out of my family home, which I feel like was a huge thing for me to be like, okay, like I'm not being programmed as lack of a better word with this every single day. Moved out of Melbourne, which I feel like is very much that. It's very boss babe energy and everyone is just working to the bone. But I feel like since coming up here at the end of last year, I just lived by myself and did so much internal work and dropped so much more into my feminine and was much more gentle and yeah just all these activities that I innately loved but I guess to a point always suppressed because I wasn't able to do them 
then I feel is what then attracted you. And I suppose last year for me was, you know, 300 and something days of semen retention, celibacy Mm. and just inner work and, you know, lots of discipline, you Mm. know, getting up at three o'clock every morning, um, heaps of ice bars, just working like fuckloads. And I guess that kind of makes sense now because I was going to the other extreme of masculine energy yeah well, i was completely embodying that but now i've turned into a chicken i'm a stay-at-home dad and i provide meals for you every night and i tuck you in wash your clothes it's really sweet and then you bend me over <laughs> none of that happens <laughs> doesn't it that's in my dreams okay so the the perfect one i mm. would say that the perfect one so i'll give a bit of background into my reflection on the last 10 years of relationships because i mean there's probably a lot of people who are listening to this and go oh cool cute little fucking honeymoon love story you've been together six months and you're (laughs) you're together but the um you know i've been in a six seven year relationship another one i can't remember it was a couple years but i've been through you know long relationships short ones toxic ones fucking whatever in between and looking back at my my um long-term relationship i actually i had this reflection um not long ago where i i kind of put myself back into my shoes um of me as an individual while i was going through this um six seven year relationship and kind of was I was a bit, I was almost disappointed in myself, but I I knew it was silly to be disappointed because obviously the growth came out of it. But I felt bad for my partner having to go through the relationship, which sounds stupid because we had, you know, a really good time at that time. But I wasn't in a spot to be a provider, to be into a relationship like that. So it started to make me think about the, the whole notion of men providing for females but you both coming out of school at the same time and you're both kind of you know broke don't know anything about life you're both just kind of taking it on whether you go study or not so you you really take the next kind of 10 years to build yourself out maybe five years depending which path you take but until you can kind of really embody your masculine you can provide for yourself and others you've got a stable job you've learned a bit about the world then you can start to seek out a partner but i feel like i came just out of we were a couple of years apart she was um, still in school I was two years out of school and then by the time we got to you know I was building I was in a building phase where she was probably more like you are now where it's like I would be happy to just get a house and settle down and have children um, but I could never do that at the time so it started to make me think as to whether relationships make sense to have like that five six year period where you're 18 and you may be dating someone that's 25 26 that's kind of you know um, been working on themselves and had this time to actually develop themselves into a man when I look back at that I actually like no part of me was ready to settle down with someone and, and provide for them I think it's something to consider as a man like you come out and you think like you know your high school sweetheart like you're so in love with her it's like your fucking second relationship and she's the one but she's the one at that time but you've got to ask yourself am I the person that um, is willing to you know, sacrifice and provide no matter what it takes um, a home and, you know, food for this woman. I'm not saying it's not possible because a lot of especially religious families will come out and they'll essentially get married straight away. But that man knows because he's he's grown up in that um, environment that he has to go out and work because she'll be pregnant soon and they're going to get married. They'll get married early. 
So I think if you have the right upbringing and you know that that's what you're going straight into, it is so possible for two people to come straight out of school and be the one and live happily because they're kind of they're built on the same spiritual foundation and if they are willing to continuously grow together and go through those struggles while they both develop into who they are then it's definitely possible but i feel like everyone is the perfect relationship for where you are at that moment Mm. because i would look at my relationship then and say you know that was a perfect relationship Mm. but was i the perfect person to be in a relationship given like what i am now and i'd say probably not and then the next one it was perfect for the time it's exactly what i wanted i was working heaps and i was working with her but like it was kind of a mate working relationship it was nothing else and then now i'm like finally developed into where i go okay i'm actually now comfortable to financially provide and it would be nice to have you know a wife that looks after the home and cooks and looks after cares for me when i come home and will look after children and is like happy to actually nurture children rather than to just send them to childcare as soon as they're born and all of these things is what i'm now looking for and now that i'm comfortable to actually be in that state then obviously i've attracted you so i'd say the perfect relationship does exist because it is what you are in because it's perfectly matching exactly where you are currently at all right so another question that we've got is how have you dealt with um, a conflict in your current um, relationship where in the past you would have dealt with it completely different based on your awareness of when it was going on so do you have any examples I don't feel like we've had a great deal of conflict because I think we both came to this relationship with we've both been in a few long-term relationships and it's like okay this is how I would have dealt with it in the past but now me and you if something does come up like the other night I was I missed my family a lot and I was crying about it and I think in previous relationships like you said that you'd just not I guess react to that or I would have typically just told my partner to leave me alone but it's about communicating what you need from your partner in any given situation so the first thing he asked was like what do you need like what do you want me to do how can I support you and it's just like I just I just need to be held I just need to cry and not him not attaching to or reacting to anything that would have just added to it and it's just like this is exactly how I need to be and he's just accepting that and I think that is a huge thing as well that we implemented really early in our relationship is not attaching to anything and not reacting to anything because there's so many times where I feel like a lot of women would be like oh my gosh that's so annoying and like I hate it when he does that and rah 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 and I think I'm just so in this mindset of how can I turn any situation into something I laugh at or a positive? Like, <laughs> like for example, when Rod just leaves his clothes everywhere on the couch, you are the decider of how you react to things and you are in control of your emotions and no one else. So I can either choose to look at that as, oh my gosh, he left his clothes here, which I can't fathom thinking that I'm just like okay this is my role like he's working extremely hard and I'm at home today I'm doing the washing I'm like it's 
in my mind it's just my role or even like yeah just little things I either choose to laugh at them or just be like I can't operate or think from the point of he would do this to annoy me or out of spite it's just it doesn't really make any sense I think the important part is what I notice in partners is they go and whinge about their partner to their friends Mm. and it's so destructive because you're going to your girlfriends and bitching about what your husbands do or you're going to your mates and bitching about what your wife's doing. And it's like, why? It says more about you than it says about them. Mm. So if you can't speak nicely about them, why are you with them, to, why are you with them all together? Mm. Um, or why are you not communicating with them directly? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, but people love that because, you know, people love to go to their... Sit, the, the reason they've got those friends is because their friends talk the same shit about their partner Mm. they can all relate on just meaningless mindless low frequency shit which is just whinging about other people Mm. and they're attracting those people in their lives so i suppose um it then goes back to what do you want in your life like because people you know broke people hang out with broke people and you know wealthy with wealthy it's not like a coincidence it's because wealthy people are working and talking about opportunities broke people are sucking like hang out together in their victim mindsets Mm -hmm. talking about um or being pessimistic about the world while the same people in the opportunity side are making money from the the pessimists that are just saying the same thing so it's like who do you want to be everything comes back to internally what you are attracting and i think Mm -hmm. how you do anything is how you do everything so if you are attracting a good relationship you'll attract more money and vice versa Mm -hmm. everything you are a magnet so the more you can uplift yourself the better your friendships will be the better relationships Mm -hmm. will be the more financial abundance you'll have a great podcast that i did with mitch adams we talk about attracting abundance into your life so i think that's a great one for anyone listening that wants to learn more about that how you spoke about attracting like what you attract in your partners what you attract in your relationships is what you attract with work is what you attract in every realm of your life I now feel like I'm attracting um females in my life that I'm able to then only like if we do speak about our partners it's only positive things that we have to say about them and like how grateful we are for this aspect and that aspect and it's like from a much more optimistic and positive standpoint there's so many different there's so many reasons why the family the traditional family unit isn't working anymore in the western world and like there's there is like so many excuses we can say that you know people you know have more options now they can go on tinder and there's so many to choose from who's who am i gonna um who am i gonna date who am i spend the rest of my life with like should i travel should i do this should i do that People are getting like men get their like short term fixes on porn, and so they mm. become weaker and more docile and don't know how to actually communicate with women. Yeah. Um, women just can have a fuck wherever they want, just go on Tinder. Mm. Like, it's just all of these things are degrading who we are as humans individually, which are having an effect on the family. But then, if we start to look at economically what's happening which I think is something that I'm super interested in is what's the effect on having women in the workforce as opposed to say somewhere in the Middle East where women weren't allowed to work or let's just go back 120 years ago when women didn't work. It's probably not that long. You now have 
more women paying taxes, you have um, more job creation because more employees means more job creation, more things can get done. You have a necessity for childcare and I would argue age care because traditionally you'd have something like a granny flat in the back of your house. Mm-hmm. Your parents would kind of move back in. You'd all care for each other. Grandparents would actually help out with your children because it helps, you know, it takes a village to raise a child and it gives you a break, gives mum a break. Um, the, you, you know, you spend a lot of time with your grandparents obviously because your parents were working but the the wisdom that comes from an older generation, like that's why you're an amazing cook because like you learnt to cook at a young age and had a love for cooking then. Is that correct, isn't it? That's correct. Um, And I think that having both people working or having a female who's the breadwinner, what it does to the um, energetic polarity in a relationship, what effect it has on the male who goes, well, what's my purpose here when you're providing more money than me? It emasculates the man, I believe. That's one thing. The other is the connection to and the desire to have children as a mother. And if you are working so hard during your most fertile years, which are your 20s, there's the saying about hitting the wall where women kind of, they've, you know, they were super attractive when they were um, 18, 19, 20. They get to 30, they've been working, they've been sleeping around. They might have a child with someone who left them because it wasn't very serious. And then they get to 30 and they realise they're no longer getting the attention they were getting when they were 20 because they are ageing and they want to settle down and men stop looking at them the same way um, and they start to get depressed. And you had a friend that was... She's a prostitute. A prostitute for, um, you know, um, millionaire billionaires on um, super yachts. Mm. But like you're changing all the time. It's not the same one, right? Mm. So like, let's just let's just give an example of what this woman's trajectory looks like. She's earning heaps of money right now. It's just fun. She's sleeping with. She might not even have to sleep with them. Sometimes it's just for um, so the guy looks good because he's got a young female with her. Mm-hmm. But give it ten years, this billionaire still can afford to get. Well, probably can now afford more. But he doesn't want a 30-year-old anymore. He wants another 20-year-old. So you get discarded of, and now you're 30. You've been sleeping with these guys for on super yachts, and your standard is now so high because you've been given everything. You've been, you're on a super yacht for just being good-looking, and you're now going to go, now I want a husband, and I want to have kids. No husband is going to look at you with and be attracted to you because of your past history, and it's going to be so much harder for you to connect sexually to this man if you've been sleeping around so much so women have to think i think it comes back to it's not women just it's not just women it's um both male and female we have to look further than than today in um what we actually want what do we want in 10 years what do we want 20 years what do we want when we're 50 what do we want our lives to look like do do we want to have a family and then do we want to have grandchildren and we want to have a nice you know, family connection or do we want to have two children with two different dads and then we're in another broken family and, you know, the kids are all confused to who's their grandma. Like I did a podcast with Nathan, a veteran yesterday, and he grew up with a single mom, multiple like father figures coming in and out. His grandfather, who he later found out wasn't even his father, uh, sorry, wasn't even his grandfather, it was his step-grandfather who was his main role model, but it's like he got upset that that wasn't his grandfather in it because he had no, he, he didn't know what was going on in his family. So all of these things are degrading the Western world and it's actually, fall, like the whole Western world will just collapse and crumble eventually because 
other countries that are holding these traditions together aren't fucking their society up. A family make a strong family makes a strong community, which creates a strong nation. And we have weak families, and we have a weak nation, which is just you know ready to be fucking taken over by China. I feel like something then that just came up for me was and what I feel like more people can adopt is understanding what your role is in the relationship and then having immense gratitude for your partner's role in the relationship. Mm, 100%. For an example, when I was at the butcher the other day, he was like, you're here doing this? Like, what does Rod even do? And I was like, he does so much. And here I'm like listing all these things off, but it's like, but on the polarity, like I do all these things and it's like in perfect balance and we know what our roles are in the relationship and like just you know coming home to a meal and having lunch that next day and just having like that it takes time and it doesn't it it takes time just to create a meal let alone the million snacks and all the extra things that you make but it's like that's not possible when i work fucking as soon as i leave the house until i would just keep working if i didn't have to come home i would and like that's like 12 hours a day so i come home and just to be you know, able to eat and just relax and not have to argue with my partner, which I've had in previous relationships, and just be able to relax and go to sleep and then wake up. And it's like, that's all a man wants. And I heard this other thing once with this this real feminist fucking whatever mm. chick was, boss chick was like, I want a strong man that's strong enough to deal with me. And it's like, n- no, no masculine man in his right mind wants to fucking deal with you. Like it's just we have like if we're working all the time and we've got even like my example right so contractors employees multiple things going on phones going all the time I'm dealing with so many problems all the time why would I want to come home and fucking deal with you like (laughs) I don't want to come home and deal with you I want to come home and be loved by you and have you know be happy to be around you and Mm. you know have relax I want to come home and deal with you dealing with shit all fucking day. Mm. And I feel like as well that can't happen if I'm not putting all that energy into doing what I do for you every day. Like if I was working 12 hours a day and doing the exact same thing that you did, there's no way that I'd be able to provide. No, and I think that is what happens because the woman, sorry to cut mm. you off, the woman is working so hard too Mm. and that's like, I fucking worked all day and then I came home and um, cleaned for you and cooked Mm. for you. Why aren't you doing Mm. anything? But it's like That's if you if the man can take on more responsibility for providing and the woman can step back, and I know it's hard because our financial system's completely fucked, but there is ways to learn about the game and learn about how to make money and you know integrate and learn more about things that you can do from home. Like mm. like there's so many homemaking um, pages that just make a fortune because you know they talk about how they do it and it's so new and so like wow how are you living like this because mm. no one does it anymore. But it's take it back a hundred years ago. Our grandparents would be like oh sick so you're pickling vegetables like congratulations we all do it. But it's like mm. teaching people how to do this you can make an income and you're not as stressed because you're not going to work for someone at Coles or you're not going to pack shelves, you know? Mm. So I think, yeah, again, it comes back to communication. Be like, look, I'm willing to sacrifice this and work more. And in exchange for that, it's just, it, like you said, it's the balance. Mm. And there's, yeah, sacrifice from both sides as well. And I think, yeah, just always coming back to 
appreciating what you're both bringing and doing in the relationship as well because you're so right and that's something I was going to touch on is there's so much that I do in the home every day that would not be possible if I had a full-time job like there would be no way and men if you can find a nutritionist as a wife then you also eat healthy and everything's just way better so just the note I actually reckon so this is this is just complete like this just came to me then but it is on the back of another theory that I have that if my kids because I've studied architecture and it's where I like I had a pretty good work ethic before but it was I would say it's fucking horrible if I look back at it then I went and studied architecture and learnt how to work from like you know eight o'clock in the morning to three four a.m and just like 100 hour weeks and because I was living in the Gold Coast and I was living at my grandparents, I, you know, I'd went, when I went home, there was not much going on. And so I was, and I didn't drive back to Sunshine Coast all the time. So weekends I'd work as well. And I just worked all the time at uni. So I learned to just be working nonstop. But I thought about it afterwards that even if my kids don't know what they want to do when they leave, they can go study architecture at a uni that was trimester. So you don't have fucking holidays where you fuck off to Coachella or wherever um, in the holidays and waste your time and money. You go in, you learn how to just literally work and be disciplined for 100 hours a week. And then after that, if you because most people that study, I studied with are other builders or they're doing something else, project management. Not many people went and became architects, but you learn such a great philosophy for design in life and a great work ethic that I think it's important. And what I just thought about then is if you're a woman being a homemaker and like cooking and caring for your husband, learning nutrition not dietitian because we don't fucking eat coca pops uh, <laughs> <laughs> not coca pops or fucking nutrigrain or wheat bix for breakfast if you're if you learn nutrition then you learn how to add even more value to what you're doing and you've got a skill to be able to do online as well and you can make products and sell them and make the, the whole population's fucked everyone is so unhealthy everyone wears the um products on their skin that fucks them everyone's Everyone's wearing, um, putting products on their skin to try and fix their skin because their guts are fucked. Everyone's unhealthy consuming, you know, everything we've um, talked about on uh, previous podcasts on why men and female hormones are down out of whack. Mm. So if the woman who's cooking and providing, if you're interested in a traditional kind of measure of a relationship, if you know nutrition and you can you know, create a healthy family and healthy kids. And then we can pass that on to the next generation and we can try to change this fucked up society that we've created where everyone eats takeout and vegetable oil all the time and drinks out of plastic water bottles. Beautiful. <laughs> I've gone a few rants on this one. I, Have fun. Oh, no, yeah. sorry. More. More. Let's go. <laughs> I was actually reading about this the other day is that traditionally back yeah, in the early 90s or before where there was this more traditional way of living where there was, yeah, the woman was the homemaker. She educated and homeschooled her children and just taught them everything as well as providing for the husband. Mm. It's a different sort of providing. It's a different kind of providing. And there's so many avenues where they provided for the community because they would then like make bread or make food and then you'd live within like little villages and communities where you would then share that, share that knowledge, share that wisdom, share the nutrition and then everything was either like written down in a book or a cookbook to then pass down to generations. My grandma did that for me. I've got a cookbook that's just full of handwritten recipes and that's something that I'm like, I'm definitely going to do that for my children and even something that I'm like, I'd love to do that and share with other mothers and the community. And as you spoke about, there's now, yeah, women on social media who are showing 
what their homemaker journey looks like and yeah like you can be like sponsored by people you may not necessarily get paid monetary wise but you get sent products and stuff which is essentially mm. then like saving money and There's like so all these things, things that, that you get sent that just yeah that's you know it costs a few hundred dollars every exactly. month yeah there's one more thing that i'm going to add like if you're in a relationship and honoring i think alicia said before like respecting your partner one of the most disrespectful things that i see women do is you know showing their body so much on instagram like what are you doing that for you're there's one thing and it's for attention and you may say that it's not for male attention even though you know full well if you're you know selling bikinis men are looking at those photos not females because you can look at your analytics even if you're doing it for female attention it's comparison and it's the it's the thief of joy you're going to make yourself miserable at the expense of your relationship because if you're if you're you know showing your ass on instagram showing your tits and um on instagram it's like it's disrespectful to your partner, but it's also disrespectful for yourself because mm. what are you holding sacred for your partner if everyone gets to see it? And it's really, I've been really considering this lately because Alicia wears a lot of um, long dresses and it's like this whole idea of um, the women wearing a hijab and you can't see what's going on. You can't see the curvature of a body. You can't see their breasts. You can barely tell anything other than their eyes. And I can tell you, you will tell a lot more about your partner as to whether you want to be with them by looking in their eyes instead of looking at their ass. So, and there's actually my permaculture teacher years ago, he fell in love with his wife who was from Jordan and he hadn't seen her until after he proposed. And he, he married her purely based on all he could see was her face. Mm. Or maybe it was even just her eyes. And they fell in love through that. And like you can – fuck, you look at someone's soul through their eyes. Mm. You do not look you, – you don't love someone because they've got a thick ass. Mm. And that's where, you know, this vainness that we build our relationships on is why they all fucking fall apart. So mm. fuck you all and sort your shit out. If you are a woman who is posting – almost naked pictures of yourself on social media, I think it's important to look within, actually understand what is going on. Like, is it coming, which I see very often, it comes from insecurity and you need that external validation in order for you to feel good about yourself. And like, that's doing more harm than good because if you can't, reflect inward love yourself and have that internal validation then there's no way you can then apply that to a partner or your friendships or your family or anything else you need to do the work for yourself on yourself in order to be that for other people and enter into aligned and conscious relationships Mm. because otherwise you know what you're attracting like women can say Oh, like I'm not, I'm doing it for me. No, you're not. They're not doing it for you. Like you're, you're doing it, whether it's male or female, there are going to be people who will comment on it and go, oh, you're so beautiful. Or, and that's what you're seeking. Please tell me why else you would then post a picture of your boobs or your butt or your stomach on social media. You're attracting someone who wants you for that. You're not attracting someone That's who actually exactly. wants to get to know you, wants to know what you believe, and wants to know your like weird fucking conspiracies. And you know, you're not attract. You're literally attracting someone that looks at your ass or looks at your tits and go, "Fuck, she's hot." Mm-hmm. 
look at her boys, like your pictures would get sent around too. Yeah. Again, I'm talking from a man as to what happens. If you're a chick and you go, oh, the male gaze, the male gaze is a fucking biological of a biologically a man looking at reproducing. For sure. And if you're walking around half naked and you expect a man not to look, well, it just doesn't make sense. Like, and even if they, if they don't, why are you walking around like that? Because why are you not respecting yourself for a partner to like honor that like sacred? You can be like a, the whole sacred slut thing is just fucking stupid. The only slut you should be is for your partner mm-hmm. because then it's like you're on, you're unraveling yourself and, <laughs> yeah, and being vulnerable, surrendering. Yeah. And being vulnerable for your partner only. Mm. And I don't believe that you can do that with a one-night stand. Mm. Well, it takes away... Like, it's such a sacred and special element of then... Because if you're blasing it all over social media and that's how you then get around all day with your boobs out and... Like your belly button ring showing, it's like what's then special about then when it's like everyone else has seen it, yeah. Like you can, you know, apart from nipple, I mean, fucking people basically using band aids now, so you can (laughs) tell what everything is anyway. You, I know what most people look like naked just from fucking looking at the beach. Mm. And if I was a woman, I wouldn't be, I'd be covering up, but not covering up because I don't want yourself, yeah, or men are making me do it because you know. It's the Middle East, but I think I do it out of respect for myself because I want to be able to share that with someone else because it becomes way more sacred and way more um, passionate and, like, you know, no one else has this but us. Mm. And you are right. Like, it is a fact that biologically men, once they've passed puberty, they look for women who have more curvature to their hips because hips are what bear children and biologically that is what men require in order to continue their bloodline as we spoke about and like if it's just constantly like if you're yeah then at the beach or on social media with everything out then it's I don't want to say not their fault but they're going to look and you can't be upset if people especially men if they look because they're just ingrained to do so it's not a compliment or an insult it's just the way it is and there's some fucking gross men out there like i've sat with guys who have just said derogatory shit and it's like no one looks at someone wearing a long dress no one like no men just like stare at a chick that's wearing that's fully covered up. They look at a woman who has like those fucking stupid gym pants where you they the crack the crease goes down to your crack and you're showing your fucking ass. Like it it's fucking stupid. Like why are they fashionable? Why is that what women want to wear? And then they cry about everyone's looking at them, which I know it's bullshit because I used to see someone who used to love men looking at her ass, and it's it it's. You know, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, If you have any questions, reach out to Mindfully Holistic or Herodotos777 on Instagram.